ERQ-FM, HD3 Baltimore, an Urban One radio station, minority-controlled, and operated and serving the African-American community for over 40 years. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010 WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio One, its sponsors, or advertisers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone very special here this evening who's going to perform for us. Vaughn. I am your host, Kelly Vaughn. Thank you so much, Sean, for my theme song. Welcome to another Thursday on Face the Facts. Listen, thank you for everybody who is in on Facebook Live. Salute to you guys. I love you. Happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there that served our country, served us well. We know it's a larger black population than anything else to so to all of my vets thank you for your service to our country make sure that you go out and you uh get those good discounts today one of uh, one of my friends that's a vet um says she went to breakfast today and paid minimal money so take advantage of everything that's due to you and thank you for your service to this country hey on facebook to miss deb little bits <laughs> Miss Sherry and Shantae Good morning Thank you guys so much Please share this And hello to everyone who is streaming live At www.wolbbaltimore.com Where you can listen live While you drive, work, and play Alright, we're going to get down to it But you know, of course, I always have to Hey Lionel, thank you so much I have to always uh, make a couple of community announcements. So uh, with that being said, this coming Saturday, that would be November the 13th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm hosting another vaccination clinic at Ark Church located at 1263 East North Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland, 21202. Uh, We will be doing the booster shots the booster shots. So if you need a Moderna booster or you need a Pfizer booster, Art Church is the place to be this Saturday. You can come anytime from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You don't have to register. Um, you can come and receive that. You do need to bring your vaccination card with you. If you have laminated it, you need to remove the lamination so that your booster shot can be recorded on your card. So just bring your... Uh, vaccination card as well as your id and we'll be there between the hours of 9 a.m to 12 p.m to serve you um in getting your booster shot all right um oh so 
Last week, I started off the show talking about the DPW in Baltimore City Department of Works. I received a call from a disgruntled one. Now, it's funny because I was driving uh, in the city. I rolled up next to a DPW truck. The driver rolls down his window. And I looked over at him like, oh, my gosh. I hope he didn't hear me on radio. He did. He gave me the finger. I bust out laughing. He bust out laughing. He was like, I'm just joking, little sister. Keep doing what you're doing. Some of us ain't right. Then I get a call from a worker who said, you messing with the the livelihood of the DPW workers. Let me Let me make something very, very clear. I, I don't pull into the DPW yard, park your car, get in a city vehicle, and go down North East Market. I don't. So if anybody's messing with the livelihood, you can take accountability for yourself. And as much as the DPW workers want us to call out everybody in city leadership and city government for what they would call mistreatment, guess what? You still have to do your job first. Worry about making sure you're doing your job the way you're supposed to before you look at anybody else. And if we're going to call out city leadership, what makes you exempt? What makes you exempt from being called out if you're not doing your job when you're supposed to do it? So to the DPW workers that are doing their thing, that report the work, that are using their work time as it should be used, we salute you, we love you, we thank you. But for those who are complaining about what I may have to say about DPW workers, and you're actually a part of the problem, I'm not going to apologize. You're just going to have to get over it. Face that fact. All right. We're going to get down to today's show. I'm sure people are going to want to call in with their opinions. Again, thank you to everybody that is uh, tuning in on Facebook. Lionel, Daryl, Jojo, and Katina. <laughs> Jojo is Tia. <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure that you share this. Also, again, hello to everybody at www.wolbbaltimore.com. We appreciate your love and your support for this radio station. Daryl on Facebook said, if the shoe don't fit, it shouldn't be a problem. And that's what it is. Hey, well, all right. This is what we're going to talk about today. <sighs> I was laying in the bed this morning uh, between the hours of 3 and 4.30 a.m. I don't know. I kind of fell asleep last night early. And I was looking at this coverage from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So Kyle Rittenhouse, he was 17 years old. Um, he was a he was a, a Illinois teenager, and he killed two people and wounded one other during the unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last summer. So he's on he's on trial for homicide charges, to which he's pled not guilty in addition to the charge that has him as a minor occupying a rifle now he's 18 and he's charged with five felonies and he testified yesterday in his own defense listen you guys can start calling in because i know where i'm going y'all feel the same way and i want to hear from you 
The number is 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. Hey, Patricia and Will. Um, so I'm looking at the coverage like you guys were. And this dude is pulling something that my children used to pull on me. Hey, real. He is on the witness stand, squeezing his eyes, trying to squeeze these tears out. Shoulders shaking, body hunching, going through all of this stuff to act like he is the victim who was so afraid, so scared that he had to or felt justified in injuring and killing these people. This trial from the start for me has been very, very interesting in which earlier on in the trial, you have a judge who gives clear instructions for those who were killed and injured not to be referred to as victims and then says, it's okay for you to call them looters and rioters but not victims. These people were injured and died at the hands of another person. In definition alone, that is a victim. However, this judge said early on, you can't refer to them as such. This is disgusting on so many levels. So yesterday, Rittenhouse is on, you know, on the stand. He's hunching and crying. And I I didn't see anybody hand this man a tissue. Y'all call in and you can let me know if somebody handed him a tissue. But my feeling is no, no tissue was handed to him. Because one, no tears coming out. A turned up red face and some squeezed eyeballs to get some kind of tear out does not mean that you are emotionally affected, shaken to the point where there needs to be a break and all this. I mean, this judge fell for the bullcrap, in my estimation. You guys might think something else, but... um, So he goes through all of that. Now, this is where it's about to get sticky. This is where it's not going to be justice for all in the end. The prosecutor then goes into a line of questioning that this prosecutor knows the judge had already thrown out this particular section of evidence, which means you shouldn't be bringing it up in trial. But he did it anyway. At that time, the judge dismissed the jury and went in on the prosecutor. Because the judge, of course, no matter how right or wrong he is, and I do believe this judge is not a just judge, um, because I don't believe in not referring to people who got killed as victims. They didn't kill themselves. Somebody else did it. They're a victim. I don't care what they were there for. That's just me. But, you know, he ruled this piece of evidence out as not being relevant. And because this prosecutor brought it up, then that gave the defense a space to say, hey, we want you to dismiss this trial 
uh, we want you to declare a mistrial and we want you to do it with prejudice. Now, if it's without prejudice, it can be brought back in to a trial sequence. But if it's with prejudice, it means that Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be charged with this. Again, he cannot be taken back to court, which essentially means this 17-year-old at the time, an 18-year-old now, little white boy that, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, displayed nothing but egregious white prejudice and white privilege, will essentially be getting away with murder. I, th I found it really, really interesting that Rittenhouse, even on the stand, acknowledges that a plastic bag was thrown at him and he felt like his life was in danger. But you show up with an AK assault rifle. Hmm. Listen, you guys can call in and I encourage you to because... I was on social media this morning and we were all talking about it and everybody has their ideas about it. I want to hear from you. You can call in at 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. We're going to go straight to the lines and get to Brother Leo. Brother Leo, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Yes, good morning, uh, Sister Kelly Vaughn. God bless you for always bringing up the kinds of information and the kinds of challenges that we should uh, face and understand. Uh, I uh, happen to think that Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, who did not live, in Kenosha, not live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, he came from, as I understand it, he came from Illinois to commit an assault. That's why he had an assault rifle. He, he came because he's a vigilante, and uh, he felt that he was going to checkmate any efforts on the part of of liberals, white, black, uh, anybody who wants to assert justice, he felt that he ought to put them in his place. So he is a white racist extremist as far as I'm concerned, and I hope and pray that he will be executed, although I don't think he will. Uh, I would execute him with a firing squad in a heartbeat. The judge is clearly biased. He is a bigot. And, you know, what does it reflect? How does this reflect on America? Well, are we in South Africa? Yeah. <laughs> in South Africa and Wisconsin? Uh, you know, Wisconsin uh, incarcerates, percentage-wise, I am told, more black people than any other state in the nation. This is what I'm told. And so, if that, that being the case, uh, the Confederacy has expanded greatly, and Wisconsin is the place to watch and to be vigilant. And, and again, we must be prayerful, and yet we must protect and defend ourselves against the kind of white extremism that is flourishing in America today. Thank you for, for bringing this to our attention one more time. Thank God you, bless sir. you. You too. Thank you. Gonna go right back to the lines, but before I do, um, I want to read some stuff off of Facebook. So Kim says, we know if Rittenhouse were black, the judge would have let the prosecutor slide on those comments. I agree with her. 
Um, Stacy says, oh, no, he needs to be charged to the fullest as an adult. The victims didn't ask for that to happen. Now, let's be clear. When this happened, yeah, it was it was unrest. It was unrest in the city because of something else that happened. And Rittenhouse got on the stand yesterday and said that him and a, a group of other people decided to travel there because they were protecting some car lot from what they thought were rioters and looters. Um, but one of the people who was injured was a EMS person who was there to be proactive on the scene and lend a hand and certainly did not threaten him or any of that. Uh, and yet he became a victim, whether the judge wants to refer to him or not as a victim. He's truly a victim because he was not there doing anything wrong. He was there to help and help save people. So let's go back to the lines and pick up with Sandra. Sandra, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Kelly, you saw the same thing I saw, but I was also watching the body language of the judge and the defendants. They seemed like they was at a sideshow when the prosecutor was questioning Rittenhouse. This is white privilege that's being played out, and he knows he's white, and he knows about his privilege, so he boo-hooed. You're right. There was no pictures offered to him. And exactly. He was sitting I right didn't, there with the, I didn't the see anybody. Was. Yeah, I didn't see anybody. Nobody. Nope. And, nobody. and his mother should be charged because she drove him there and she was sitting there with all that black eyeliner underneath her eyes so she could cry. And the defendants, yes, they knew the prosecutor was going to do what he did. That's why they jumped up and hollered mistrial. And the judge seemed like he was high to me because if you notice, every time you look at me drinking stuff, Look like Diet Coke or something, and then he he ramped in this rage. Look at his body language. Look at the defendant's body, a, a lawyer's body language. They snigger and grinning and shutting their ears and their eyes. They seem like they were having a, a nothing but a clown show. That's all you I know, saw. Written Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse was well rehearsed when he got up on that stand for a boy to be seventeen years old and the kind of language that he was using. You could tell that his his lawyers had prepped him beautifully to sit up there and go into that tyrant rage, the little boy, nine-year-old rage. He couldn't even bring up no tears. All he was doing was swelling up, turning red, and huffing and puffing. And look at when, when the prosecutor asked him something, he looked right to the judge to see the judge's response. All of this, somebody, so many people on this Rittenhouse case has been paid, and he's going to walk. Well, it looks he came like, yeah. there with intention to do. He's just like Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof was a racist, and he's a racist. And no, they're not going. Uh, they're not going to put him in jail because he's a white boy. I can't Hello? disagree with what you're saying. That's right. And you know what? And look who look who they're trying to make him a model. Look at uh, look who they raised the money for his defense. Millions of dollars, and Donald Trump is in this too. So yes, I want to know the history about that judge. 
Well, the history of the judge, he is a Trump supporter, big time. Yeah, I mean, go. even his sentiments and what he allows and won't allow in the case right. rings nothing right. but Donald Trump to where right. there are protesters in a little bit of unrest and then everybody gets painted as violent uh, rioters and looters to the point that he will mandate over the course of this trial you will not refer to those who died see when he first did it I didn't get it I didn't understand what he was talking about but um, I read back over it and I looked at it again and I'm very clear on it he said for the victims I mean you know for the people who were shot and killed and the person that was injured during the course of this trial you are not allowed to refer to them as victims however you can refer to them as writers and looters now you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this uh, kelly and i'm gonna go uh rittenhouse if you look at his body language he knew what he was supposed to say and he knew when his defendant's lawyer was going to sit back in his chair and pull his ear and give him the cue to go into his raises and to respond to what was said. If you listen to Rittenhouse, he acted like he was a lawyer when he first got up on stage. I mean, on a, a witness stand. He did. This he, is, he this really, is it was rehearsed. white privilege. I don't care what nobody say. And he's getting the same treatment and respect from the white community like What's his name? Dylan Roof. They called Dylan Roof to McDonald's and sent him down and fed him. Sure did. Sure did. And what did they do to Rittenhouse? They told him to go go home and and uh, get yourself together. They allowed Bill, uh, Rittenhouse to go home, and his mother should be brought up on charges because she drove him there. Well, thank you, ma'am. Um, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, she got a, somebody need to tell her to curl a box of tissue with her if she's going to cry with all that black makeup under her eyes. Let's try to make her look so sad when she cries. She's going to make a clown to me sitting up there crying. And Rittenhouse looks like a big teddy bear sitting up there swelling up trying to cry. You know how you tell your children to go to their room and they get angry? And what do they do? Swell up and try to show you kids, right? Exactly. I mean, he had to... <laughs> I bust out laughing because I knew, I knew he was lying. I didn't see you, Kelly, Kelly, you right. You see what I saw. You didn't see now one tear come down. He was trying to beat his chest, trying to make everything fit like he's crying. You're right. Well, thank you, Miss Sandra. You Appreciate welcome. your thoughts and opinions. Thank That's you. That's what it is. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. You guys can still call in. We have three lines available, 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. Uh, Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a show. It's a mockery. And there will probably be a mistrial in the end. We're going to pick up on the lines of Dante. Dante, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning, family. That's a great topic that you got today. Um, it's just kind of like a, a, a understanding for us to understand like what sort of like a, a, a white lash and, and people probably think like in their mind, like, well, how could you say that? Because a, a white man was killed too. Well, you got to understand that that white man was out there helping black people. So it's nothing worse for, to be a white man than to be trying to help black people, which will be considered a nigger lover. Like you actually worse than a black person 
when you out here trying to help them. You was not taught. You, you shouldn't be teaching them to read. You shouldn't be allowing them to get free through slavery. You shouldn't be doing anything to help them advance their cause. Not only that, when, 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 when Rittenhouse originally was uh, brought up on this, them white patriots, and that's what they call them. They call us looters and rioters when we do things, but they call them white people that, uh, that raided that capital on January the 6th patriots. Even the president called them patriots. So people got to understand, like, they just giving us an understanding, like, yeah, so y'all see the black man that got killed. Don't get all, all wild about that. Oh, because a, a white person was killed, too. So what? That white man wasn't nothing as far as they're concerned to us. To, to them, they looking at him like, like I said, he's a nigga lover. He out here trying to fight for the cause of, of something that we don't even support. So we, we got to understand what, what they really showing us. And, and for all we know, the prosecution could be part of throwing the whole trial. You get what I'm saying? Like, you got to understand this big money behind this stuff. They don't want their, they don't want to get that boy that charge and then have to live with the reality that now um, the, the people in those areas are th threatening and so on and so forth. They've been calling congressmen, threatening their life, calling them all types of curse words and so on and so forth. So reality of it is these people are complicit in all the things that they got going on. Imagine a black boy at 17 years old crossing state lines with an AR-15. And, and, like, and not only that, they say he bought the gun, bought the gun with, the, with the PPP money, with the, with the money that he got from that. Imagine a young black boy crossing state lines to go hold up something to really gun something down if, if and with a paramedic bag. You got AR-15 bullets. Ain't no, no paramedic bag that he carried could have helped nobody that was shot with an AR-15. Like, it's just the, 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 the story is just so terrible. Just like LeBron James said, there's no way in the world that y'all would be saying that this boy ain't dead nothing. He really just put on a show, crying, acting like he's doing all that stuff. Like, it's, it's, a, it's really a white lash. Like, they really showing us exactly this is what's getting ready to happen. And if y'all don't stand up and pay attention, this is what we're going to do to y'all. We, no, we don't really have a win in it, technically, because he's going to beat the charge, and they're going to support him and back him for that. So we don't really have no win in that situation. It's just an understanding for us to know, like, you don't, 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 don't think that that this won't happen in another state or another city or so on and so forth because they run the whole system from the judges to the prosecutors, all of them. They could all be in cohorts together, to be honest with you. But I appreciate this topic. And yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate you for all calling right. in. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. So Lady B on Facebook says, uh, my mom calls this type of trial a force. It's just for show for the public. They are not going to do a thing about him. Misty says, if someone hit me with a skateboard and then came at me with a gun pointed in my direction, I'm going to defend myself. The man admitted on the stand that his gun was pointing at Rittenhouse. Anyone would have defended himself. So I agree with that to a point, but the kind of assault weapon that this 17 year old minor showed up to this with, first of all, he had no business having it. Second of all, his mother drove him there with it. It's not like he just, you know, had a pistol in his pocket. And if I see somebody carrying a rifle on their back mind you when he came across the guy that had the pistol he had already shot and killed somebody so if i if i know that okay 
he shoot he just shot somebody and killed them yeah i'm gonna smack him with a skateboard and yes i'm gonna take my pistol out absolutely because at that point he's not in a stance of defense he's in a stance of attack the person that he killed first had no gun on him i'm gonna see if i can get the gator john real quick before this break gator john you're on face the facts good morning Good afternoon, my sister. Uh, see, when we look at these pink people, I say all the time that they're only their ancestors' children, and they're not going to change. See, when the prosecutor, the prosecutor, and the uh, attorney, you know, right, all looks to and the judge all looks at this little young pink devil, you understand, as a clean-cut young man. How can we send him to jail? They only have one issue that they're trying to figure out because they got two trials going on of the three devils, you understand, to kill the black boy jogging. How are we going to set all four of these people free, you understand, and the country be okay? See, we look at these daggone devils, and they're not going to change. The same way if you look at that insurrection over there in D.C. when they had it on the 6th, that was the parents. You didn't see none of them little 16, 17-year-old children. So if the parents is like that, what do you expect their children? That was just to display how thousands of them is in our schools, everywhere. These people are dangerous. The best thing is to try to stay away from them as much as you possibly can. I mean, you know, you can look at the judge. Look at the judge himself, you understand? He's already saying, you understand, I'm going to set this boy free because he looked like he might be my grandson or something. How can I send him to jail? for killing those nigger lovers, as the other caller just said. Thank you, my sister. Stay safe, but we're going to be all right. All we got to do is figure out how to stay away from them devils as much as we can. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your thoughts and opinions. Listen, we're going to take a really quick break. I see Brother Carlos Brown from Sandtown. Carolyn, we'll be right back to you after this break. This is Face the Facts with Kelly Vaughn, W-O-L-B. W-O-L-B Baltimore and W-E-R-Q FM HD3 Baltimore an Urban One radio station minority controlled and operated and serving the African American community for over 40 years the views and opinions of the guest and host you hear are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio One its sponsors or advertisers Listen, welcome back to Face the Facts with Kelly Vaughn. Thank you guys so much for participating in this conversation. Thank you to everybody over in Facebook. Um, they have a really good conversation going on there. I'm waiting for uh, one of our contributors to elaborate on a point she was making, and I'll bring it back up. But before then, I'm going to go back to the lines to Carolyn. Carolyn, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Yes, um, good morning. I, I'm really enjoying and listening to you and the way you're negotiating calls, too. Yeah. Thank you. You aren't cutting people off and you're letting people get their full opinion out. Thank you very much for that. 
Not I a don't hear a lot of that. Not a problem at all. I want to hear from the people, and I want the people to have a good a platform to come to and say what's on their mind. Now, I should go over to Facebook. It's on Facebook, too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can go to Facebook. Uh, where, do I, where do I look up there? You just put in the search bar, Face the Facts. Face and, the Facts. And it'll pop up. It'll pop up with Kelly Vaughn. And you click Kelly in there. Vaughn. And every week it is live. And all you're going to see is me what and my What day face. is it on? Every, every day? Every Thursday. Every Thursday from 1030 to 1130. This may help somebody else like myself who's just finding you. Uh-huh. Here, to hear you explain it to me. Yeah, not a problem at all. You just go. Yeah, it's just been a pleasure, uh, Miss Vaughn, to listen to you. And I'm like I said, um, the 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 conversation is excellent. Um, I'm looking more at how you are managing callers. You know what I mean? Yeah, Look, absolutely. You are a skilled okay talk structure host because it should be two way talk. Absolutely. But you, you're being very, very generous with your callers, and thank you for that. And I'm going to listen to your show. The only thing I'd like to ask people to do, once we vent and we agree with the facts of what we're witnessing, let's immediately start thinking about what is our response. Okay. So you're saying what actions we should take after we listen. We need to be thinking that now and talking about well, these are the options. It's no sense in just letting this play out and we just have a situation where we have explosions all over the country. We should be talking now about what is our response going to be if it does not work out the way it should. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. And, and this is why this show That's is because important. I'm 71 years old. <laughs> and I'm sure some of these older listeners, they know, too. Let's go over there and let's talk about what responses are going to be. OK, thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. We're going to get to Brown. Brown, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good, good morning. Brown from Sandtown. Well, Rittenhouse is not doing no more than what anybody else would do in that situation. They would cry out. But my focus is not on him. My focus is on the prosecution that's trying to throw the case on purpose. That's what the focus should be on. The attorney has continued to warn the prosecution, you cannot save this. You cannot bring it up. They continue to do it, knowing that if the attorney throw the case as a mistrial, he cannot be retried. Rittenhouse attorneys came to go to work, and that's what they're doing. But the prosecution is just trying to set them free. On purpose. The jury is there to listen to the case and the evidence. But the prosecution is not doing that. And that's the problem that I see. It's the prosecution. And the question should be, why are they trying to throw this case on purpose and set them free? The judge is going to come back with a hung jury. I, I mean, it's, it's, our, it's, it's already there. This case is over for the incompetence of the prosecution of what they're trying to do. They do not want to try him. And that's the bottom line. They want to set him free. And that's what the state and the prosecution is trying to do, and they're going to do it on their neglect 
of Eva trying to get a conviction. They don't want a conviction. And you can see that. And the judge have warned them several, several times what they cannot do, and they continue to do it. That's the only way I see it, Kelly Vaughn. Do you see it that way? Absolutely. I have to agree with you that it would call into play. You know, um, yeah, the the judge went off on him, uh, but he was absolutely correct. These are the basics of trial law. So you know that if something is ruled out, you know, there are so many preliminaries that take place before you actually get to trial. And if it has been ruled by this judge in the absence of a jury that certain evidence should not come into play uh, during this trial. And, and no, I, I keep saying it. I don't agree with the judge and how uh, the victims can't be called victims and everything. But either way. This stuff was already agreed upon before they went to trial. So for this prosecutor to still bring it up in spite of that, yes, the judge is going to be ticked off. The judge is going to tell him off and he has a right to. Um, and then it would bring into question what you said. Is he purposely trying to throw this trial? I can't kick that thought out because it would seem like um, a state's prosecutor would know firsthand the rules of engagement in a trial and it is seeming like he's just doing what he wants to do which would result in a declaration of a mistrial which looks like that's about to happen and the judge said very clearly i will be taking that into consideration so i i do agree with you absolutely and thank you for calling in with your thoughts brown from sand town my man that's the good outro Sean, I'm going to get me an outro like that. Uh, we have three lines available. You can still call in 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. I'm going to be like, Kelly Vaughn, face the facts. Like, I don't know. I got it. Uh, Kelly Vaughn, hashtag D12 better. That might be it. I don't know. Well, I'm going to get back to the lines, though. I, I still want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to pick up with Brother Carlos. Brother Carlos, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, pre I appreciate you and, and bringing this information to uh, to the forefront uh, so that we can discuss it. Uh, I'll take it from a different angle. I agree with the caller before Brown uh, that uh, there are many things that we need to start thinking about or should have been thinking about before in terms of how we confront uh, this uh, racism that we have, what we call white man's justice, um, and uh, how uh, we, we should not uh, be uh, opting out of uh, serving on juries and uh, uh, how we should be uh, voting to change uh, the people that prosecute us and, uh, and this type of thing. And I mentioned in this just because uh, in the Rittenhouse case, uh, being a young man, uh, Oprah, Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey once said that uh, the old people and their racism will just have to marinate and die away. And so that the young people coming along will have to take up the mantle uh, and uh, be uh, more fairer and 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 and, and non-racist but that does not seem to be the case 
uh, the young people that are, are being brought up, uh, uh, particularly in the white race, uh, they are embracing and being taught the same tenets of racism that their parents have lived with. And as uh, Nat Turner, the great uh, uh, revolutionary, uh, the Reverend Nat Turner said when he made his foray through Southern Virginia, um, and uh, he uh, killed uh, those people on the uh, those uh, plantation owners and overseers on there, and there were certain young people left uh, un, un, <clears throat> left there uh, without uh, being harmed. Uh, he said, and they asked, "What should we do?" He said, "Kill them because nits make lice. Nits make lice." And the main main point here is that that. The white people, and they, and they say that, that they are good white people, but they might be good white people, but there are a sufficient amount of racists and people, white people who are not good, uh, who have uh, evil intentions, that they overwhelm the good white people, and so that uh, they carry on. Uh, that same racist history. And so that's why he said, nits make lice. And that's what happens. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Thank you, Brother Carlos. Uh, <laughs> going back to Facebook. Uh, Troy says, another example of a very elaborate, well-scripted stage play. And my guy, Michael Eugene Johnson, says, Kelly Vaughn, straight no chaser. That might be my outro, Sean. That might be my outro. What liquor is like that? That people drink straight no chaser. What is that? <laughs> Sean said any drink, y'all. Um, we're gonna get right back to the lines and pick up with Sharon. But after I get Sharon, I gotta share with y'all the discussion that went on in the Facebook live page. Sharon, you're on Face of Facts. Good morning. Yes, how you doing, Kelly? And uh, how you doing? I was uh, looking at the the court trial of that young man Rittenhouse, and uh, he know what he did. He know what he did. He took, um, you know, shot three people and killed two. He know exactly what he was doing, but he want you know people to feel sorry for him, like he, like he, like the, like he went there supposed to be protecting some car uh, place. And knowing he was going there for the to shoot somebody with that rifle, if there was a young black guy going down there streets like that in the uh, Black Lives Matter, they, he would have got killed. And it don't make no sense. And it's just so dangerous right now for young black men. That's why I had to, me and my husband, we have to fight for our sons. You know, we we you know if they go someplace and they, the atmosphere not all that go good, we say you know call us and let us know. And um, it's just a doggone shame how that boy sits up there. Then when he was crying, he couldn't even get a tear out, uh, like he was constipated or something. Couldn't get them tears out for nothing because he knew he was an evil young man, evil young man, and he knew what he did was wrong. And that judge, I ain't never seen a judge like that before in my life. Looked like he came somewhere from off another planet the way he was acting. And it's just terrible how, you know, things is right now in our country where all our black men's uh, lives got to be taken because of the color of their skin. It's just get, it's just 
just mind-boggling that it still keep going on and passing on because the white people don't want to uh, stop this racism. And why they can't come to the table at their own house or their town meeting and talk about this thing and leave our, our young black men alone. Leave them alone. If we, God didn't want us here, he wouldn't have put us here. So, you know, it's not right. And, and I ain't never see such court um, uh, trial before like that, the prosecutor and the um, other howling and yelling in the court. I thought you couldn't do that in the court, even if you are a lawyer. You know, but it's it's just terrible. I had to turn it off. I couldn't look at it no more because they want to get this um, white boy off. And I, you know, I told my sons to fight for yourself, stand up, and fight. You know, because you haven't did nothing wrong. The only thing you, the white man see that's wrong is if they look at the color of your skin. And 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 all black people are not bad people. They're good people, good honest people. We want to build up this country and make the white man wealthy. But they don't want us to have what they have. But keep our prayers and God going, going to fight this fight for us if we call on him and pray. So all we got to do is pray. He straightened it out. You read the Bible, all the evil was in there. God took them all out. So thank you for letting me, you know, express myself. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, always a pleasure, Miss Sharon. Always good to hear from you. Kiss your kids for me. I know okay, they don't know thanks. me, but... Tell them I respect them and I love what they're doing as adults and honoring their moms. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you. And I appreciate your sons too as well. Thank you, Kelly. Yes, ma'am. bless them. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So if you have just a little bit, if you still want to call in, it's 410-481-1010. Have all lines available. But let, let's get down to this, this Facebook uh, conversation that's going on because I got to scroll back. And look at this. <clears throat> now, I, I said uh, Misty's earlier comment. Well, first of all, Neil said, I hate to say it, but I think he's going to get off. Shaking my head. Absolutely. Tia, thanks for uh, tuning in. Aunt Jackie, thanks for uh, tuning in. Appreciate you. But Misty says, we have to remember as well that many people that were out there had weapons illegally. It was a horrible situation on both sides. Sad. So, yes, I did know that. I did know that there were quite a few people that came out there strapped up. Um, what side they were on, I'm not sure. Um, and remember, this unrest that was taking place um, at that time was due to um, the police shooting of Jacob Blake. So you had protesters you had demonstrators you had people that are part of the back the blue movement um if if that's even considered a movement i guess it is i mean i can't but whatever so lady b says nobody's talking about the fact he was in the wrong state and out after a legal curfew was in effect at the age of 17 that's a big fact that's a huge fact. So then Misty says, uh, Lady B, a lot of people that were there were out of state on both sides. And I do know that. I knew a crew that went down there from Baltimore. Uh, she goes on to say, people were there to protest injustice and so many people were hurt. I wish it was all peaceful, but adrenaline took over. And indeed it did, Misty. I also believe that the media had everything heightened and people were scared of each other. 
Um, now, I, I'm going to agree with you, Misty, but I'm also going to say that the media simply was reporting the things that Trump and a lot of other Republican governors, senators were putting into place. Remember, the media weren't the ones that were calling everyone rioters and looters. It actually came from our then and so happy former president, number 45. Uh, Lady B said, uh, that don't make it right on either side. The law applies to both sides. And if there's a legal curfew, all of them are breaking the law. Um, people don't seem to see that. T.S. said everybody is in cahoots. I, I agree with you, girl. I do. Um, <clears throat> then Misty says that would make anyone out there after curfew wrong on both sides, which is what Lady B said. Media confuse everyone by showing rioters and looters and not more peace, not more peaceful protesters. Um, I agree with you, Misty. It's all about ratings and the hottest story. Um, people watching the news saw anyone protesting as rioters and looters. The media fueled people into lumping rioters in with peaceful protesters. The media should have showed more peaceful protesting. Um, I think that some for some of the news agencies, that is very correct. And for some of the news agencies, they just wanted to show the full scope. And if you notice, a lot of the people that were peaceful protesters did, in fact, adhere to the curfew. But as soon as the sun goes down and it's dark, it's easy to loot and riot. It's easier to loot and riot. And I think that's what people were capitalizing off of. Um, Lady B said, don't know how many protests you have personally been in. But when you're out there, even to protesting, you are a lawbreaker. And she was speaking to the fact that people were out there after the curfew had commenced. Um, thank you to Charles Johnson um, from Upper Marlboro. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, so Kevin says it's amazing to me how you can how you can just shoot three people. And walk down the street with an AK and not get killed by the police. People have been shot with nothing in their hands, just talking. And I would have to agree with Kevin, right? We've all seen a story where something was mistaken for a gun that wasn't a gun. We've all seen a story where an officer thought they saw a gun and a weapon was never retrieved after they've killed the individual um there's even a, a story where Rittenhouse actually checked in with the police I'm inclined to believe that because he's walking down the street there's video of it with his weapon strapped to his back sometimes even holding it and these police cars and they're just passing him by now, if I see somebody who is not a part of the department walking down the street with a weapon, I'm thinking somebody should approach him to see what's going on. Not a lot of people did. The other thing is that Rittenhouse testified to the fact that, you know, his adrenaline was up and he was running after he shot people and he simply collapsed in the in the street. Um, 
were you tired from from your killing spree sir like what is that about um so we will all in the days to come be watching this case if i had to call it i would say maybe probably there's gonna be a mistrial declared um but like much of you has said and and much of you even on facebook live and youtube everybody on youtube live thank you for watching but it would seem as though this is turning turning out to be something scripted i go back to the fact that the prosecutor knows full well the rules and is not following them i'm gonna pick up with sherry real quick sherry you on face the facts good morning with everything that good morning kelly and all the listeners i can agree with everything everybody said but it's one question one lady called that really stood out to me and that was what will your response be that's a very good question and it's very interesting and people need to ponder on that I remember when really Baltimore City, after the Freddie Gray ride, Baltimore, these young people, I was proud of them. I really was. Because when Freddie Gray got killed, it was like they was not going to take it. And that's when you got all these other movements, the Me Too movement and all. These young people in Baltimore City, they set the tone. And I was there, and I seen it, and I said, go ahead, young people. They wasn't going to take it. So you know what? That was a very good question. She said, what is your response? I'm a radical person. It's telling people, you better start bearing arms, okay? Because even when you go to the gun shops now, you only allow a certain amount of ammunition, we run in that Walmart picking up food, but you better start going to these ranges. You better start getting your permits, and you better start getting your ammo. Have a good day, Kelly Vaughn. Thank you, Ms. Shaw. You always put it where it needs to go. Troy on Facebook said a 17-year-old is not emotionally equipped to handle a situation like that. Therefore, shouldn't have been, shouldn't have even been there, especially with an assault weapon. And I agree with him so much because we have police officers who were not adequately trained to deal with the situation. Or even sometimes minor traffic stops. I mean, we're not even talking about something of disproportion. We're talking about minor things that our officers that we employ are not even well-versed in dealing with. So I agree with you. Uh, G, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Vaughn. How are you? Thanks for accepting my call. As far as this trial goes, and I, I don't know if people know it or not, but before Trump got out there, they took a donation up for this kid. The guy that do the My Pillow commercial, uh, he donated $1.4 million to this guy, this Rittenhouse kid. And uh, the way that it's going now, he's going to get off with a mistrial. The judge already told him that. He's told him three or four times that he's, he's going to get off. And, uh, you know, I, I stopped watching it because it was making me angry with the judge, the way he getting on the prosecutor, at least a little thing the prosecutor say, he tried to throw it against him. But the kid's going to get off. 
and uh, he's going to be another George Zimmerman. He'll be able to go around here and brag about he killed the black person and nothing happened to him. Well, yeah, I would agree with you, G. Thank you yeah, so, so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so as far as the females are concerned, I told my wife, no, do not buy no, no pillows, no sheet, nothing from this guy that advertises, he advertises on TV. Michael, uh, I think it's Mike's, Mike Lane or something like that. And he's uh, advertised that my pillows and my uh, sheets and stuff. But he donated $1.4 million to this kid. And then his mother sat there and tried to cry yesterday. I don't know why they don't blame give her for something. She's the one who drove him down there. Exactly. And he was a minor at the time. Right, right. And he makes it sound like he just bought the gun to go hunting. And and when the when the uh the the prosecutor asked him showed us uh thing where he shot the guy, he and all of a sudden now he can't see nothing. He told the guy I can't see it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wish they would get his tail and send him to jail like they did the guy that killed uh, George Floyd. Thank you right, so Ms. much. Brian, you have a good day, and thank you for accepting my call. Thank you for calling in. Thank you so much. All right, happy Veterans Day. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was a vet. All right, listen. Thank you guys so much for this very important conversation. We will all be watching in the days and weeks to come. Matter of fact, the judge just said it would be ideal if trial was finished tomorrow. That's what the judge wants. Um, don't know if it will be finished tomorrow or not. Um, but what I do know is this, is that all of this seems very shaky. The fact that this prosecutor would so blatantly go against uh, a judge and ignore uh, things that he knows, this prosecutor knows that what he's doing could very well uh, result in a mistrial. And they're asking for a mistrial with prejudice, which means we can't come back and get this guy. As always, this has been very relevant and timely conversation. I want to thank everyone who tuned in, everyone on YouTube Live, Facebook Live. I love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you. You can keep talking in the comments after this is over. Um, thank you so much. Download the app at www.wolbbaltimore.com and follow us on Twitter at wolbbaltimore. Listen, this has been Kelly Vaughn with Face the Facts. I'm saying to you, I'll see you later. Mask up, stay safe, peace. I got options. Any man and more.